thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. So last week, I threw down the challenge of all of us choosing resurrection and choosing to emerge brighter from this COVID pandemic. I used the picture of a caterpillar entering into a cocoon or having the cocoon created around it. And we've all had a cocoon of COVID created around us. And the time is coming for those hard exterior elements of the cocoon to fall away from us. As our freedoms start to return, as normal life begins to return, we have a choice. And I pray that you and I, the whole Light Church, the whole Bradford Church and the whole of the church in the UK choose to emerge brighter, to spread those beautiful butterfly wings and be all that God wants us to be in this generation as we emerge from the pandemic. That just as Lazarus made a bigger post-kingdom impact, sorry, a bigger post-resurrection impact for the kingdom, so we can as well. That we believe that when the history books are written, they will say that the COVID pandemic was the best thing ever to happen to the UK church. Okay, maybe not ever. Maybe actually having the Bible in English was a fairly massive thing. (laughs) Thank you, William Tyndale. But in our lifetime, it will be the best, biggest thing ever to happen. So we're going to continue our journey of considering what the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11 and the raising of Lazarus can teach us as we seek to emerge brighter out of this pandemic. Today, we're going to look at how Jesus took his time, because I want you to know that it's okay for you to take your time. It's not okay to stay in the tomb, but it's okay to take your time. So, I don't know about you, but I suffer from something called hurry sickness. It might sound like a strange phrase and it is a phrase that has it's been around for a few decades now to be honest. I came across the term in the book The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, a brilliant book by John Mark Comer about slowing down so that God can just do more and be more in your life. So hurry sickness is defined, in fact it was defined in psychology today as this, a behaviour pattern characterised by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency. You know, hurry is not good for us. Hurry causes stress. It creates tension. It makes us more distracted from God. And it really does make us more distracted from each other as well. Hurry sickness is a symptom of our ever increasingly fast paced society. 
which causes relationships to break and life to be survived rather than truly enjoyed. And I have to let you know, as your pastor, that I am a recovering hurry addict. And I say recovering, not recovered, because I know that God still has a work to do in my life. It's a broad society problem because of the digital revolution that's made everything so much quicker and so much easier and therefore we try and cram so much in. And for me personally, it's part of how I'm wired, which is not good. It's also a little bit because of my, my life journey. So having done 14 years as a CEO in a charity, 14 years as CEO of Christians Against Poverty, and at the same time, about 12, 10 of those years, helping to start a church and lead a church, I experienced that I actually had to maximise every little bit of my time. Basically, I had so much I had to squeeze in that I would hurry from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And sure, God began to do a work in me, but it is a work that he continues to have to do in me. I am in recovery from an addiction to hurry and achievement and all of that. And sometimes I do all right. I have learned that I can cycle a longer way to work. I can do the canal path and the bike path, even though it takes five minutes longer, even though inside there is a wrestle within me that doesn't want to give up those five minutes because what might I be able to use them for in the day? One of the things John Mark Comer uh, puts in his book is he challenges you to, to almost kind of test whether or not you have hurry sickness. And uh, one challenge is, he says, when you're driving and there's two lanes going up to some traffic lights, be happy to be in the lane that has more cars in it rather than get in the lane that has less cars in it. So if you, do want, if you get in the faster lane, that is an example of how you are suffering in some ways from hurry sickness. He even challenges you to get in the longer lane at the supermarket. <laughs> I have to admit, I find that hard. I can do the traffic lights thing, but I struggle <laughs> in supermarkets to get in the shorter lane. I even had a moment recently um, I've got a bit of an old-fashioned watch and uh, I realised I was turning up to most meetings just about 30 seconds too late because I'm literally timing everything to perfection to try and squeeze every last drop of time out. I know it's pathetic, but that is me and that is my story. And, uh, and I realised I was just turning up 30 seconds late. And so I checked my time with um, kind of like the, the, the GMT time online and realised that my my watch was 30 seconds too slow. So I went to change it, but because it's such an old fashioned watch, I could change the hours and the minutes, but I couldn't change the seconds. So I had a choice. Do I have a watch that's 30 seconds too slow or 30 seconds too fast? And I just thought, well, if it's too fast and I've lost 30 seconds, and at that moment I realized, Matt, you still have so far to go in terms of dealing with hurry and dealing with every last second being counted for. In all of this, we're challenged and encouraged to look to Jesus in everything. And one of the phrases that stuck out to me from John Mark Comer's book was this, Jesus 
was never in a hurry. And we are going to experience by listening to the story of Lazarus, how this was an amazing example of not only Jesus not being in a hurry, but being almost the total opposite. It was like the anti-hurry. The Bible tells us that our God is a patient God. And the Bible also tells us and exhorts us that we should be patient too. In fact, literally, after this, get your computer out, get your smartphone out and Google Bible verses on patience. It is jam-packed full of them, which makes me feel, yeah, like I fail a bit, to be fair. But God's grace is there. So let's go to the text. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair, which we actually see in the next chapter of John, John 12. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They called for Jesus. They knew Jesus was a miracle worker and they wanted a miracle for their brother. They weren't calling Jesus to come and say his final goodbyes. No, they had faith that he could raise, well, actually, at the time they called him, he wasn't dead. He was just ill and they needed the touch of the healer. So Jesus was about 20 miles away, which back then was roughly a day's walk. We know that because in John 10, the previous chapter, it says Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptising in the early days and there he stayed. So that's where he was. Then the text tells us how much Jesus loved this family. You know, this family, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, were a fairly unique family in the Gospels, really. Because outside of the disciples, these are the only people that really strongly get identified as Jesus' friends. I kind of imagine them in some sense as almost like this was the place Jesus maybe retreated when he needed some time off from his disciples who he was teaching and training. These were the people he retreated to go and be with, to sit and enjoy company. It says that he loved them. He's very, John's very specific in recording that. But I think he's also telling us how much Jesus loved them because what is about to happen doesn't look as loving as it could do. Because Jesus took his time. Verse 5 says this. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Take a moment. Jesus is allowing Lazarus to get worse. And actually, he's allowing Lazarus to die. You know, we even see him continuing to take his time as he gets to Bethany. You know, if, if it had been me, if I'd got to Bethany, I'd have been got there. I'd have been like, literally, let's go to Mary and Martha's house straight away or take me to the tomb, one or the other, I'm here on a mission to bring healing and hope and comfort. I'm here, to, here on a mission, take me to where I need to be, where the action is going to be. But no, 
That's not what Jesus does. Unhurried Jesus turns up. Because it says when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Which is an interesting aside, don't you think? Mary, the one who sat at Jesus' feet and worshipped Jesus, she chose to stay at home for some reason. It goes on to say, then in verse 28, so, so, so Martha had run out to meet Jesus and, uh, and then kind of had a conversation with him, which we heard in the reading. But it says, after she'd said this, she went back and, and called her sister Mary aside. So Martha goes and sees Jesus and then goes back to get Mary and basically says, the teacher's here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. So suddenly Mary is now in a bit of a rush. But in verse 30, it says Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. So this is what happens. Jesus arrives in Bethany. He doesn't go to their house. Martha comes to meet him. He's still chilling, still hanging out somewhere else because she then goes back to her house, says, Mary, Jesus is here and he wants to see you. And then Jesus is still sat there. He hasn't gone to their house. He hasn't gone to the tomb. He is so taking his time. And you can take your time. You know, sometimes, so in this situation, I look at it, I'm like, what is going on here, Jesus? I have no understanding of what you are doing or why you are doing it. What is happening here, Jesus? And sometimes with God, that is basically all we can do and all we can say. It's like, what is going on? What is happening? I do not understand. But Jesus had explained why this was happening. In verse four, he explained, you know, it's for God's glory so that, the, so that God's son may be glorified through it, explaining why he wasn't going straight away. And in verse 14, he says to Martha, it's for your sake. I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. You know, when God chooses to delay, when God chooses to take his time, even though it can be bone crushingly hard to endure, you can be sure that two things will happen if you will allow them to. Firstly, God can be glorified. It can bring glory to God, the delay. It can. I know it's hard, but it can bring God glory. And secondly, it can help you believe. Believe it or not, delayed answered prayers can help you to believe just as much as quick answered prayers. So Jesus chooses to allow Lazarus to die. It's interesting if you think about it. You know when Jesus like decided to stay there two more days because actually Jesus didn't need to go anywhere. We see from other miracles that he just sent the word and people were raised from the dead such as the healing of the centurion's servant in Luke 7. And whilst I totally want to bring this back to how we emerge brighter, we simply can't rush past it without stopping and reflecting. That for all of you who are in that place of waiting, 
however hard and painful it is. And these words, they're a bit cheesy, but they might help you to remember. I just wrote this. Be okay with delay because God will save the day. I know it's cheesy, but you might remember it. Be okay with delay because God will save the day. You know, even if you aren't in a hard place at the moment, I guess my challenge to you, do you have hurry sickness when it comes to God, when it comes to him speaking to you, when it comes to him answering your prayers? Are you impatient with the God who is patience personified? So Jesus took his time to get to resurrection. Jesus took his time to get to the place where Lazarus would be able to emerge brighter. And I want you to know, church, that God has patience for you as you think about how you might emerge brighter from this pandemic. I want you to know as your church leader that I have patience for you as you consider how you might emerge brighter. The God who took his time in raising Lazarus gives us permission to take our time. You know, you might be a run out of the grave kind of person. You know that song? To be honest, we probably sung it at some point in this service. You call my name and I ran out of that grave. You are a run out of the grave kind of a person. In fact, you've already had multiple people round to your house, in the garden, round a fire pit, picnics in the park. You've seen all of your friends. You've caught up with pretty much everyone. You've got your holiday booked. You're halfway through organising a street party. You've booked a table for when restaurants open. You have done it all. You are a run out of the grave kind of a person. Awesome. I love it. So am I. I'm a run out of the grave kind of person. Let's get on with life. Or you might be one of the last to emerge. It might be you still have genuine concerns. Genuine concerns that the whole thing is just opening up too fast. You've got concerns about your own health. You've got anxiety about being back in a crowd again. You're wondering what it's going to be like having people around to your house. You maybe think, do I even remember how to socialise properly? Maybe coming back to church meetings is going to take you some time. Maybe picking up that volunteer role that you had to lay down is, you're just wondering when you are going to be able to do that again. You think September, maybe, I don't know. Listen, here's the big thing. It's fine to take time. Another little rhyme for you. It's fine to take time. But this is the crucial element. Doesn't matter how long you take, what matters is you come out of the tomb. What matters is that Jesus is calling you out of the tomb of COVID. You can run out. Or you can sit up, take off your grave clothes, take your time and wander out at your pace. But we have to get out. Because if we stay in this tomb that COVID has created for us, this tomb of isolation, this tomb of retreat and withdrawal, 
it will be the biggest tragedy from a church perspective. It will break the heart of our God who calls us back into society to burn brighter than ever before. Delay is okay and taking your time is fine. But staying in the tomb, the COVID cocoon, the COVID tomb is not an option. I am getting out of this tomb. Thank you, Lord. Lead us out in your timing that we might truly emerge brighter. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, you made it to the end. That's even more encouraging. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk. We pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day. Thank you.